Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Ice Time with your hosts, Matt Piscazzi and John Horton. Uh, thank you again for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all the continued support. Be sure to check us out on Twitter or X at Icetime9899. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, be sure to send us an email over at Icetime9899 at gmail.com. This episode will be out uh, Friday morning, of course. Hopefully you're listening to this, enjoying your morning commute, afternoon commute, your weekend, whatever it is. We just hope you're enjoying listening. Then we'll have another one for you uh, next week on Monday and Friday, of course, with a sprinkling of Wednesday episodes here and there. But without further ado, I will shoot it over to John to get us rolling on this episode. All right. So let's get started here. Got a lot to talk about, a lot of good things. So first off, Patrick Kane, like we talked about last episode, officially made his debut against the San Jose Sharks playing for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, Now, I'm excited to see him back in the league, especially um, the possibility of him being the first player to receive hip resurfacing surgery and come back 100% or even maybe 90%. Uh, Nobody's really done that yet. So it'll be interesting to see maybe future Hall of Famer. uh, You know, he's already got the 100 greatest player stamp. So, you know, one of the best American-born players of all time. And it'll be really interesting to see what he can do, uh, feeling a little more rejuvenated with the surgery, as as he has talked about. Um, You know, it's a long season. He's already missed two months. He's got to get acclimated. Uh, He's missed almost... uh, 25-ish games so I guess my question for you is what are you if you are a Detroit Red Wings fan what is your what is your overall expectation of him or I guess I guess more of like a realistic expectation and like excitement around him being on the team fair enough okay so right off the bat I would be excited because he's playing with Dabrinkit again And we just saw them have incredible chemistry and put up some really good numbers. And there's even one highlight goal that is like floating around online that you'll see whenever um, Kane and Debrinket are talked about. You've probably seen it where Kane just makes that like unreal pass to him streaking right down the middle. And in all in one motion, he makes like the tiniest little tip and it goes in top right corner. And it's just like gorgeous. And it's just kind of an example of just how well they work together, the chemistry, everything like that. So I think that excitement is there because it looks like he's going to be on the second line with him, Debrinket, and then uh, young center uh, Valeno in the middle who has nine points in 24 games. So maybe this could be kind of a, a really good way to get him going. You know, he's a young, uh, young center here. He's only 23, but he's got a lot of potential. So, and he's a free agent at the end of the year here as well. So uh, it might be a really good opportunity to kind of get him, uh, you know, a- anybody who gets an opportunity to play around Kane, that, that's a wonderful opportunity to learn, to grow, to get better, uh, you know, to, to put up numbers. So I think that's kind of a really good situation. And, you know, the Red Wings have been storming here. They've, they've been looking pretty good this, this uh, early season here. So, I mean, I think you have to be kind of cautious in a realistic, you know, kind of picture of this. And, I, you know, I don't think he's going to come in here and put up a point a game. Uh, I honestly would be even be surprised if he put up like half a point a game. Um, I think that maybe towards the end of the season, it, once he kind of gets his legs under him, like if, if he is able to come back and, and really, you know, play at 100% again, I think it's going to take him time to get in the flow. So I personally myself wouldn't expect a ton from him right now. I think it may be in a couple weeks or a month, like maybe it becomes easier and easier for him. Um, I mean, that's the hope at least. And so I guess with that, I just kind of close up by saying I would be very cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, I don't think, like I said, I don't think he's going to come in here and put up a million points, 
but I do think that he has a really good opportunity to come back here and, and just given the skill that is there, if he can even play at kind of half speed, three quarter speed, I think that um, there's a real opportunity for him to kind of hit stride towards the end of the year here and maybe be kind of a, an anchor for a, a Detroit team that is probably going to be in the playoff push. So I'd be cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it. Um, you know, the Red Wings were kind of in almost the same position that the uh, New York Rangers were last year when they brought in um, Patrick Kane. You know, it's it doesn't hurt to have him. Um, it can always it can only really help. Um, you know, I don't see Patrick Kane being a liability. Um, and I do agree, cautiously optimistic is the best approach because um, you know the last three seasons he has a, had a decline in. Uh, pretty much all facets of his game um and yeah you, that could be most likely due to the injury that's been nagging him of course um but the, you know the surgery it's it's interesting you know uh i'm sure he had top tier surgeons but it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. if uh you know he gets hit the wrong way or you know he just i don't know he just skates on it the wrong way you, you never know what's going to happen but yeah I, I do think i do think that is the perfect expectation for detroit fans um I guess my other question about him to you would mm. be, let's say he has a semi-successful season with the with the Red Wings. Let's say he puts up over 50 points, maybe mid-60s. Mm. And, you know, let's say they make it to the playoffs, or even if they don't make it to the playoffs. If you are the... If you are Iserman, do you extend another one-year deal to Patrick Kane? Or do you think... Even if they did that, Patrick Kane would try and look to go somewhere else. So I think, I think it would depend a lot on the. I mean, I'm thinking just how the team looks in general with him in there. Like, if if it becomes an issue where he's taking minutes from, you know, a prospective young talent who could kind of get in there and maybe give you the same, uh, if not better, quality, or if it becomes, you know, he's going to want more money, and at that point they're you know, want to spend that money on younger players who are going to be around for longer, then I think it might be a little bit more of a discussion. But if, you know, if he does have that kind of season, like you laid out, maybe 50, 60 points, um, you know, a good productive year, especially coming off that surgery, you know, proves to everyone that you can come back and kind of have a great year. I do think there's a good possibility that he would get extended that that another year. Um, I wonder what the cap would, you know, the, the kind of contract would be. Maybe it would probably have to be a little bit more, especially with the cap going up. I mean, you can never really offer a player the same amount they made in the year before as well. It, it, unless they're like a declining player and you can offer them less, it just never really, you know, it, it doesn't really get you anywhere. Someone else assigned them for a little bit more. So, yeah, I honestly, I would not be surprised for, for if he were to get another year here. Or if it wasn't the Red Wings, if he was going to get a year from someone else. Or even maybe, maybe even two years. I think two years would be risky. I wouldn't, you know, personally, if I were a GM, I wouldn't go for something like that. But maybe. But yeah, if I if I am Eiserman though, I think that if he has that season, I would want him back for that next year, especially since Debrinket's going to be there for a long time, and I'm sure they're going to have some great chemistry. Mm, I agree. I still think it's crazy how cheap he signed for. Also, because Tarasenko signed for five mil, and he's you know no knock on Tarasenko. I mean, you know, he's not that much younger mm. than him, but he's like half the player that Patrick Kane is, and I think that's that's. I think crazy it's just that. the health though. That that's that's got to yeah, be it. Because yeah, Tarasenko was healthy. I mean, he has an injury history, but it's not like he just had the hip procedure. And I th- I think that's the thing that really got him here, honestly. Because you're right. Like yeah. I think yeah. we and we both said that we thought he could have gotten a little. You know, I didn't think he was going to get ten. I didn't think he was going to get eight, eight. I didn't even know if he was really going to get five. But for him to get two seven five, you know, some might say, oh, that's high. You know, you know, you don't know what you're getting off the hip surgery, and that's a valid argument. 
But there, and then there's us on the other side of the coin who are saying you're signing one of the best hockey players of, of a, you know, in years, one of the best American born hockey players ever. So yeah, that looks a little low, you know, but we'll see. I think the, the proof will definitely uh, be in the pudding. You know, we'll have to see kind of how, how he plays and how it all works out for Detroit. I agree. And uh, we will come back to this uh, a later date and see if we're happy or sad with his production. Yeah. Um, in other news, Oiler Country, Patrick, uh, we'll say Patrick Kane again. Connor McDavid has seemed to turn around his season, his slow start, and has now recorded 19 points in his last seven games. Now, a majority of those are assists. His shooting percentage has been down. He hasn't been scoring at the level he was last year, but points are points. Doesn't really necessarily matter, um, especially when your team is struggling. Just a thought on, on the streak right now and how well you guys are playing. It looks like you've really found your game as a team. Um, yeah, obviously a lot of good signs. Um, you know, it's something that uh, we want to keep going. You know, it feels good in the room. You can feel like there's a little bit of momentum and it shows on the ice. Is it is it a confidence thing or is it a systems thing or what, what kind of flip the switch, I want to say? I would say it's more of a confidence thing. Um, systematically, we probably haven't changed that much. Um, you know, little tweaks here and there, but... You know, obviously the confidence in the room is growing, and um, you can see it. Um, you know, they have the new coach now, uh, Chris Knobloch, and they seem to be really putting up a, a strong showing. They pretty much destroyed the Carolina Hurricanes on Wednesday, winning 5-1, to one, and uh, Rob Brendamore, I don't know if you saw, um, blasted his own team in the yeah. second period intermission, yeah. saying he's not surprised if they go, you know, 50, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I think in a later episode, diving into the Hurricanes' uh, struggles this season will be interesting yeah. because of how much of a powerhouse they've been the last couple oh, of years. Definitely. Um, but I think, I still think, even with this turnaround, I still think the Oilers are going to finish where they always finish. I, I don't see, I, I just don't see how they can be that team that they're expected to be unless all of a sudden, on top of these assists, McDavid starts scoring two goals to hat-tricks every game, you know, and or Dreisaitl does it too, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, Hyman's been great. He's been really stepping up, you know, big time. Um, but I just, I don't know. Um, I'm curious what you think, but my firm, my final say on it is I think they will still finish the, the same as they always do. So when you say that, what you mean, kind of like in the playoffs, but like a second, third, or what, like third, fourth seed? I mean, kind of. Either, yeah, either like first, second round exit, or just not making the playoffs. Okay, I, okay. I, Got, I, I see what you mean. Okay. So yeah. I have to say, just to start off this conversation, I know it's early in the year. We're, we're only really a quarter of the year here. But looking at the Pacific, they're hard-pressed to even kind of make up a lot of ground at this point. It, like it, it is a uphill battle for them. I mean, I know they won five straight, so they've made up a lot of ground. But the team right below them, the Ducks have 20 points, and then the Sharks only have five less points than them. So So when you're saying, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, and then the Ducks who are hit or miss are right there behind you really says a lot about kind of where you are in terms of points and standings overall. The Pacific is a little bit weird though, because the top three teams, I mean, Vegas, the Knights and the Canucks have all taken off, but then you get to that four spot and there is a little bit of leeway there. You know, it's, it's the flames right now with 23 points, cracking up 22, Bullers have 21. So it does seem very realistic that at the very least, you know, they'll have an opportunity to make the playoffs, you know, if they can continue to, to push forward. Um, I have to say though, I, I do think I am leaning more towards agreeing with you than kind of believing the hype, essentially. I mean, what have we seen from their goaltending to prove otherwise? We've seen inconsistent game from McDavid. I know obviously he's picked it up as of late, but like you said, he's not scoring as many goals. Um, 
he just isn't I know he was hurt for a little while as well so that kind of plays into it but there's just not a lot of signs pointing towards you know positive like positive movement forward for this organization right now so I, I do think I have to agree and I think that with that you know we've mentioned it a, a number of times but depending obviously on how they finish this year there there needs to be I think a, a little bit of a bigger conversation in the offseason and, and next year in terms of are McDavid and Dreisaitl staying here where are they going or are the Oilers bringing in a goalie kind of uh, a lot of question marks that there will be there so yeah I I do have to agree with you on that one like I said, I think they'll be able to make the playoffs. There's definitely an opportunity there, especially if some of those top teams in the Pacific kind of taper off towards the end. Not that I think they will, but at the very least, they should be able to, you know, have a have a good push for the fourth seed there, um, or, or you know, wild card seed there in, in the West, and at least and uh, at least make the playoffs and you know probably early exit, unfortunately for them. But yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's that is a fair breakdown on that. And I thought you'd think the same, and that's why I thought it was interesting. Um, I will shift to the northeast here um earlier this week the new york islanders and new york rangers both struggled um i thought it'd be interesting to throw them together in this little in this little discussion here so we'll start with the islanders um you know still still trying to find their consistency i know there's been a lot of issues with coaching and um you know from uh people that we follow on on twitter and things that we've seen uh i think there's a strong sense that perhaps even it's time for the error of Lou Lamarillo to uh, to to pack pack the bags because some of his signings have been pretty um, pretty tough over the last couple of years. He does like to throw money at people for some reason. They're not all bad signings, of course, but um, you know they're they're definitely struggling for good reason. Um, and the reason, all the reason I throw this in is because you know Ilya Sorokin and Igor Shesterkin, both Russian uh, top tier goaltenders in the league, and they've both been somewhat inconsistent this season now they're not horrendous but there have been a few games of four plus goals allowed on their end that really makes you cringe because you don't really see that often especially both teams are playing a, a very strong defensive defensive game especially the New York Rangers they have they have great defensemen and uh, you know that game against Ottawa they got blown out that was just a very loose lackluster game mm-hmm. um it's, it's 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 a good game to forget about the defense really left a lot of chances open, but on top of that, Igor also was shaky, let in a few goals that you you know kind of scratch your head. Hmm, like I'm not sure what that went in. Mm-hmm. And, and when it comes to the Islanders against the Sharks, they lost a four-one lead and lost five to four. Um, so both Igor and Ilya let in uh, five goals each. And you know, sometimes it's easy to blame the goaltending, and sometimes it's easy to blame the defense. Obviously, it's a team sport, so I'd like to think of it as both. You know, um, you're playing good defense, you're trying your best, and then when you watch your goaltender, um, you know, let in an easier one, it kind of, you know, no matter what people say mentally, they think it kind of deflates you a little bit. And especially once you get down two to three goals, and then on the goaltending side, you know, if, if you're, you watch your defenseman let this guy blow past you into the high danger zone and get a top shelf hmm. shot off, you know, you start to get angry and flustered. So, um, you know, for the case of the Rangers and how good they are in, in top of the league right now, um, I think Laviolette's going to make adjustments. Um, you know, they have a couple of days off, which is good because they're dealing with some uh, injuries oh, yeah. that they seem they can't get rid of, which is very annoying. But in terms of the Islanders, I still really don't know what the best remedy is besides um, new coaching, of course. And, you know... 
I think you might have to shake the roster up a little bit in terms of some trades. They're, obviously, they're not in a rebuild mm-hmm. or, or in need of a rebuild. They're stuck in what's worse, mediocrity. That is worse than being a rebuilding team, and and uh, it's like stuck right in the middle. So that's my thought. My thought is they need, um, you know, of that regard, they need a little bit of a roster shakeup and coaching shakeup. But mm-hmm. I'm curious for both the Rangers and for the Islanders what your take is. So. With the Rangers, I honestly can't even really be upset. I think we've seen so much good stuff from us this year. And the fact that we're sitting here 18-5-1 and one, and we have you know the, the lowest amount of losses in the league with the most wins in the league, I, I'm going to give us a game against the Ottawa where, honestly, we had a lot of really good chances. I think their goalie really played out of his skin as well. I think that had a big impact on it because I think the scoreline would have looked a lot different you know, had he not made a couple highlight reel saves, especially on Laugh, man. Laugh has looked incredible. Him and Panarin have been getting double shifted, I swear, like, just like crazy because they've just been having so much of an impact on the ice but um mm-hmm. yeah I think I'm I'm a little more willing with us just to kind of say it's okay we're gonna have a game like that every now and then the fact that we've been so consistent this year is a breath of fresh air we're atop the league um even in that loss I did think that we did some things well of course not enough things well because you know we would be in, we would have ended up winning the game or been in a better position um the one thing you know and you mentioned it of course is Ewer's game it's been a little inconsistent. Um, I would like to see more consistency. Of course, who doesn't want to see consistency from their goaltender? Uh, but with that being said, we've seen him kind of have this streakiness in his game before. Uh, maybe not as much of a degree. I mean, last year there was a little bit more of like he would go on a really hot streak for a while and then kind of cool off for a little bit, you know, and then heat up again. Like it wasn't as up and down. It was more streaky. So, you know, we would see a few games of the same kind of thing. Whereas now I think we're seeing some real ups and downs, you know, some real peaks and valleys in his play. Um, and I think, unfortunately, even when he doesn't make like the easy saves and stuff, he still makes some incredible saves. So it's like Igor, like the fact that, you know, in the one second you let in like a, a stinker and then five minutes later you make a highlight real save. Like what is going on? It just makes me think he's like in his head and maybe we just have to do a little bit more in front of him as well to, you know, consistently help him out. But I do think we'll get it together. And honestly, I'm not you know, really, really worried about our game right now. There's really not a lot to be, um, you know, super upset about. I think with the Islanders, it's like a totally different story, though. I mean, like you said, Sorokin is really not replicating his last, you know, what, what he put up last year. Not that he's having a terrible year by any means, but he is not not doing enough for them, uh, you know, as a, as a team that's played such good defense. And that's kind of been their hallmark for a little while. We're not seeing that this year. Uh, some of these score lines, I mean, especially there was a period in November where they lost its what? One, two, three, four, like seven games in a row. Uh, all of those games, the other team scored at least four goals. Like, when was the last time that happened to this organization? Like, that is just crazy to me. And to kind of go off that your point that you'd made a little bit about Lou Limarello, some of those guys that he really, really wanted to bring back and, and keep on this team, you know, with those type, those long type, uh, long term deal, you know, type, jeez, uh, I can't speak, th- those long term deals, you know, th- that kind of deal where you say, I want to keep you around for a little while. I want you to be a piece of my organization. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those are defensemen. I, what was it? Um, Pelic was one of them. And uh, I think. Uh, Pulak has a, has a contract there as well, but Dobson's been having a good year. But yeah, the fact that we're not seeing that kind of defensive style, um, I do think a retool, like you said, not really like a rebuild, but kind of um, just changing some things, maybe taking some of those veterans that have been there for years. And yeah, you love them and they play a good game. Get Just, just move them. You just kind of need a spark. You know, you need something to maybe get that organization going. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see them a little bit active before the trade deadline. I think that they should be a little bit active before the trade deadline, but with, you know, Lamarillo's history, who really knows what that looks like? You know what I mean? Is that really going to happen? 
I'm a little more doubtful, but I do think that if you're an Islanders fan, I think you'd want to see maybe a little bit of movement here, just maybe a, a breath of fresh air, some youth into this organization, get some of these older guys. Um, you know, if, if you can retain, retain a little bit of the salary, maybe throw a draft pick on there, maybe get some younger talent in there, uh, you know, get some more, get some prospects in there. You know, you don't want to give too much. Obviously, they're still com- competitive and they can still kind of be in the race there. But I do think that, like you said, um, and, you know, like I've, I've said here as well, I do think they do need some kind of change somewhere to maybe get a spark and see if they can get this organization, uh, you know, back on track and kind of playing some better hockey here, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think I think a lot of Islanders fans are in agreement listening and talking online. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm. Um, or perhaps an organizational shakedown is, is uh, on its way after all these years of uh, mediocrity. Um, I will throw in one quick thing here, and then I have two final talking points before our segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to quickly throw in that the Los Angeles Kings have had a very strong showing so far this season. They sit fifth in the league, 15-4-3. and three, And part of that, I think, is due to the fact that they have nine players on the roster with double-digit points, four and 20 points plus. Um, and the resurgence of... Cam Talbot, which is exciting to see. You know, he's always been a, a very great athlete. You know, he's just struggled in terms of being a starter consistently, mm. but they seem to be getting things good there. Uh, I think they're uh, they're somewhat of a dangerous team that I think people need to watch out for. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there real quick as like a, you know, like a little like, uh, oh, watch out, you know. Um, and I will segue into one of the final two, which is, uh, Kucherov is now leading the league. Oh, I know. With a <laughs> whopping 44 points. Um, let's see here. He has 26 games played, 17 goals, 27 assists, 44 points. He is a minus one, though. <laughs> and also, this man is only 30 years old. Um, you know, he is a draft, incredible draft su- success, taken um, 58th overall in the second round back in 2011. Um, and he's just been unstoppable for years. And he's almost. Somewhat underrated in talks, but also not underrated. And in a press conference recently, they asked him about his play, and he said he's trying to be like Ovechkin. <laughs> funny, funny response to that. But um, yeah, uh, he's going to be a lightning probably for the rest of his career. I doubt he would ask for a trade, especially with the dynasty they have, even though they are struggling now. Um, it is it is just incredible to see uh, you know his his consistency. Um, I just don't. I almost like don't understand it to some point, but um, you know he had 113 points last season. What do you think about him? What do you? What do you think? I think I want to see him just stop. Like, can he just like stop scoring <laughs> for a little bit? Like, the guy's a machine. And I mean, I know there's a lot of cogs mm-hmm. in this machine over in, in uh, Tampa, and, and their offense in particular has always, you know, especially throughout the, the recent years, where they have kind of established themselves as a dynasty. They've put up incredible offensive numbers and. You know, they had good defense and, and really good goaltending as well. But yeah, not surprised by this performance, but just like, can he stop? I feel like every year this <laughs> is like, I mean, except for, of course, the one year that he sat out so they could put him on LTIR and then bring him back and play him in the playoffs and be 10 million over oh, cap. Yeah. And that's fine. I guess yeah, we, yeah. you know, I guess we don't have to talk about that one, but um, still a little salty, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I do think that this is, you know, something that we're just used to seeing from him. Uh, crazy because I don't even think he started the year kind of on this tear. Uh, if I rem- if I'm remembering correctly, 
I think it took him a little bit to kind of pick it up. Not that he wasn't putting up points. Of course, the guy's always scoring. But, you know, as of late here, you're seeing games where it's it's multiple points, like pretty much every game, which is just crazy. And if it's not a multi-point game, he's he's scoring a point because I believe he's on an 11-game point streak right now as well. So, yeah, just incredible from him. And I don't really think that we'll see him slow down. I think, honestly, he'll be up there in the conversation for, um, you know, Hart and uh, and leading the league there in, in terms of points there at the end of the year. But it will be very exciting to watch. And as much as I hate him and I want him to stop, I do have to give him credit. Uh, and respect the game because he does play a very good game and he is one of the better players in the league right now and one of the best scorers that we'll see you know in the league here for a long time so yeah i do have to give him credit on that at least that is fair and so do i um final talking point here before segments is the final draft in terms of the way it's been run now with all the teams in person and blah 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 this and that walking up on this on the stage will be held in the msg sphere in las vegas that uh Lord Emperor Jim Dolan has put a lot of time and money and resources into to create, even though they've had some financial struggles and they've lost over almost $100 million and their CFO got fired. <laughs> anyway, um, inside the sphere, it looks incredible. It looks almost unreal. Um, I think it's a great spot for a final draft. Um, you know, the draft being decentralized now, so function like the NBA and stuff where, you know, it's it's through the phone and this and that. It's not really going to change much. I, I do think it's kind of cool to have all the teams there, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to be detrimental, especially the points you made last a uh, couple episodes when we talked about it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you know, what are your what do you, what do you think of this direction from the NHL? To, uh, to I mean, that? I think it's really cool that they're doing the draft in the sphere. I got to say that. I mean, that's just awesome. Like that is it's such a cool venue, and it's funny. Um, I guarantee you they didn't get like the friends and family discount from James Dolan either, which is why like they they are paying no. full price no. for that wonderful just venue. I mean, Jesus, it's just crazy. I don't know if you've seen any videos of it. It's insane. You literally there was like a concert there or whatever where it looked like they were like in the desert at like Coachella or something. And like if you didn't know, I didn't know they were in the sphere. I was like, what is this? And then they show you the thing or whatever that says it's the sphere. But um, I think it's cool. I do think that. I mean, honestly, it doesn't really mean that much. Like. Not that many people really watch the NHL draft anyway, unfortunately. And honestly, some of the stuff that we have watched has been like kind of cringy, like especially the media coverage of McDavid and when they did that kid with McDavid and stuff. And then the Corey uh, freaking um, Carey Price, not Corey, Jesus, uh, Carey Price, like mispronouncing the guy's name on the last draft. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the NHL draft is always like they just fumble the bag. Like the NFL draft mm-hmm. looks awesome. There are people that spend so much money to go out there for like the whole weekend. It's like a whole big production uh, and then you look at the NHL draft that was, you know, the same type of draft, of course, not being decentralized at the time, and it just did not compare. So I think that this is an opportunity for it to be a little bit more exciting. I'm sure that especially with it being at the sphere, they're going to put on, you know, they'll have entertainment and, and all sorts of production value. So hopefully it will be cool to watch at least. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I don't think it's a bad move. I don't really know that it's a wonderful move. I don't really think that much of this move at all. Honestly, I just it's. It's interesting that they decided to make the change, um, and now I think it. I'm just kind of going to wait and see how it goes before I really have an opinion on this, honestly, because I don't really know that it means that much in terms of the enjoyment that we really get from the draft anyway. You know what I mean? Just con- considering how little we get on the NHL draft to begin with. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah, that's a little yeah. bit of a pessimistic view. Um, I'm actually cur- I'm curious what your thoughts are, if, if you find this a little bit more exciting or not. But I think the general, just being in the Dome is going to be cool, but I you know, I haven't heard a lot of hype about this draft coming up, so I'm worried that it's going to be another NHL blunder where, like, it's just going to be, like, this cool venue and there's going to be, like, no real crazy good prospects coming up. Um, I know they couldn't do it with the Bedard one because the Dome wasn't ready to be used. 
Um, but when well, they they only yeah, um, I, they only voted on the decentralization this season anyway. Also, so what? Yeah, that's so what But yeah, I, I know what you mean. So, excuse me. Um, yeah, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll save teams money, and then they can use that to pay players more, which is good, or maybe upgrade their stadium, like Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't think it's the end of the world, but it'll be interesting to see how this one how this one pans out. Um, yeah, but um, let me think here. Oh, you mentioned something with earlier before with the Maple Leafs and their blue. Oh yeah, just the, um, just kind of a real quick note on, and actually it's really relevant because we were talking on about it last week as well. So I didn't yeah. realize how just badly hurt they were at defense right now, and actually I think they had another recent injury that added to that. But uh, Klingberg, I mean, you had mentioned of course that he's out, right? We knew that. Uh, Giordano now, I think he's the new injury. He's a uh, week to week with a hand injury, and then Lilligren, who's a younger defenseman who's actually been having some really um you know significant minutes there and has been looking really good i believe he has a knee injury that's kind of what i I saw floating around online uh supposedly he's going to miss significant time so that does not look good for their blue line and with that um the gm also had recently said that it was going to be you know their priority to re-sign willie nylander so i think that's particularly interesting because um he had also made a note that they were kind of thinking of maybe being a little bit more conservative in terms of trading for like a rent rentals at defense right now because they just feel like um, Toronto has given up a lot of assets in recent years to try and be competitive and, and push for that cup every single year and you can only really do that for so long before you start running out of stuff and you have to try and look at retooling or rebuilding so I I am curious now that because now that I'm like kind of talking this out and thinking this out I mean both of us had mentioned that if they are going to sign Willie Nylander, it looks like they may have to, in some way, move John Tavares. So, mm. I'm going to ask you. I, I got a little question for you. I know that we've you've been you've been questioning mm. me, but I, I got a pretty good one there for you. Just thought of on the spot here. Do you think? Or I'm trying. How can I word this? Um, if you were the Toronto GM, and you're thinking about, of course, re-signing, you know, Willie Nylander this offseason, and you're looking at your defense right now with all these injuries and the way your team has been playing. Do you trade John Tavares right now in season and look to pick up pieces on defense, prospects, draft picks, whatever that package might be? Or do you sit here and say that your team can hold out and you see what it looks like as some of these people come back and then kind of go from there? Man, it's, it's a brutal. Or situation. do you at least consider um, it, I guess, is a better way of putting it? Because, like, obviously, it'd be I, a lot to do that. I mean, that'd be a blockbuster yeah. trade. But, like, would, are, would you be seriously considering it, I guess, is a better question because that's a little bit more realistic. I would I would consider it, but I don't think I'd be able to pull a trigger for a few reasons. One, you know, you sign John Tavares to be a Leaf until he exits, you know, his NHL career. He grew up a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. He is the captain. Uh, he's a great leader. He's still a point per game player at 33 years old, 34 years old. Um, you know, and offense is fine. It's the same, almost the same story as in Edmonton. Like the blue line is very shaky and not very notable, and the goaltending is just borderline bad. So I don't know. Nylander is amazing. Um, I personally think it'd be cool if he went somewhere else, you know, uh, just to see what he could do on another team. You have Matthews, you have Marner, you have, you know, all these other players, Matthew Neves, um, you know, Tavares. I think it'd just be better to maybe let Nylander walk and, you know, take that huge, huge amount of cap space and, like, get a goaltender, get one or two, like, notable blue linemen, uh, defensive men, mm. 
and then then I think you could like solidly compete. You know, you have a generational scorer, a generational playmaker, uh, a, a star leading exceptional player. You know, nice rookies coming up. You are Toronto. Mm. You know, I think I think it's a mistake to pursue Nylander because he's going to want probably north of ten million dollars. And, you know, Matthews is already going to be the highest paid player as of starting next season. Uh, Marner makes 10 plus. Tavares makes 10 plus. You know, what, what, you're going to be paying an AHL goaltender and who's going to yeah. <laughs> five goals a game. And then you're not going to compete. That's what I would do. Um, it's a tough decision, though, you know, because what if Tavares, what if his game suddenly just like drastically declines? Mm. You know, there's no way to know. Yeah, that's fair. Um that's what I would do. I don't know about you. No, I mean, I have to say, I think I do. I'm on the side to kind of agree with you a little bit more than not, just because like you said, I mean, you laid out kind of all the reasons there. And John Tavares, it's not like he's like ancient by any means. He is 33. So, you know, you kind of expect to decline at some point, but will that be right now? It's not as likely as if he were 35 or 36 or 37, of course. So, yeah, I do think that it would be a little bit more prudent of them to just let Willie walk and use that cap space elsewhere. Uh, Whether or not they end up doing that, we will see. And there'll definitely be something to keep our eyes on. But uh, yeah, I just thought, well, I thought of that right on the spot, but I was just touching that. I thought that'd be a little interesting to throw in there. I like that. I like but uh, yeah, you want to move into Light the Lamp? Yeah, move into our final segments here. All right. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to start? Um, yeah, I'll start. I have it right here. I have one. And it's um, Jordan Cairo, St. Louis Blues. Uh, he just split. Oh, it's an amazing, amazing goal. He just, you know, he takes a nice pass coming up and he splits the uh, Golden Knights. Uh, defense mm. and like he just kind of like silkly smoothly like just you know deeks the puck past and then he just like gently kisses it past the goaltender right in and it was like it was just exhilarating to watch but like how fast it unfolded and like the re- the slow motion replay was like sick it was very sick and um yeah if you haven't watched it go watch it right now this crew waits now for justin Falk. Into center ice. Kyrou to the middle. Wide open. He scores! And the young man very excited. But what a play. Look at that. Maybe I will. No. <laughs> after uh, after we're done, of course. <laughs> but uh no, I mean it sounds like a it sounds like a gorgeous goal. He's a good little good young player too, so I'm actually excited to watch that one. But um that was it, right? Did you have another one? Oh yeah, that was just okay, gotcha. no 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 worries. I only have one and they have an honorable mention just because I I can't believe we both missed it. But um Mine is uh, a nice shot, of course. It was a, a very nice shot, like right over the glove. But it was a uh, the hurdle goal, Tomas hurdle goal in the five four win uh, over the Islanders. And a lot of it actually comes from Duclair's strong play in the corner and behind the net. Uh, he had the you know it looks like he had the puck for like twenty thirty seconds, I swear. And so he he has it behind the net. He's a really strong play, holding off like two defenders at once actually. Then he basically throws the puck out front to you know a guy streaking down. They get a shot, a really good shot actually. Goalie makes a good save. Then Duclair ends up back with the puck. Keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Eventually, he gets it to Hurdle uh, right in the slot, who rips a wrister top shelf right over the glove. Um, not like a highlight reel splits all these kind of defenders goal. Um, not even really one that you might see in like a top 10 highlight reel goal. But you, will, you would see it in like a top 10 plays goal, just given the strength and the, and the puck possession and, and how hard Duclair had worked leading up to that goal. And the fact that before that goal, he had already created another chance or two you know, to begin with and kept the puck and kept them in the zone. And then it ended up leading to that hurdle goal, which was very important. Of course, they ended up winning that game in overtime. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that is mine. Uh, and then my one honorable mention, because I think we both missed it. Uh, Tyson Jar or not Tyson, geez. Tristan Jari scored a goalie goal last week against the Lightning. 
Mm-hmm. I think we mm-hmm. mentioned. I don't remember yeah. if we mentioned it or not. I know me and you had talked about it. I don't know if we mentioned it on the show. Um, and I think we both had forgotten it as well for Light the Lamp. But I just had to give that honorable mention because uh, yeah. anytime you see a goalie goal, it's just incredible. So hats off to him as much I like as that. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bad take Friday. Who should go first? I have two. I have two, but they're real quick and they're actually not even terrible takes, is the funny thing. Um, so I thought, yeah. and so I was talking to you before the episode, and I was like, oh, like I'm looking, I'm looking. What I was looking at is our our predictions and our kind of expectations that we had talked about over the summer for all sorts of different teams, just kind of going through and seeing like how well we did, if, if there were any ones that were like glaringly bad or anything like that. And actually, I do have to say, I mean, I only have my notes, so um, I'd have to kind of go off memory of what you had talked about and see yours to be you know, more specific. Of course, I don't remember every name you said. So I only have my notes, notes of course. Um, I only had a couple that were like pretty off. For the most part, it was pretty on. But some of them, the two that I did find, um, Svechnikov, who's been surprisingly quiet this season um, and not even the terrible to expect a lot from him. I mean, he was coming back from injury, but, um, you know, he scored a lot of goals. He was a great goal scorer. And this year he does have 11 points in 16 games. So again, not terrible, but only one goal. So just crazy to see that from him. And he had a really slow start to the season. Of course, not surprised um, given, you know, the knee injury that he was coming back from. And with that, a goalie that we have talked a little bit about here, uh, Philip Gustafsson, who doesn't look terrible by any means, but uh, wildly inconsistent. And he has been chased a few times this year for, fl- uh, you know, for Flurry to then get in there. Uh, he has a less than a 90 save percentage right now and only five wins in four, yeah, only five wins in 14 games. So not atrocious because the way they count those stats also is like even if they ended up winning the game, you know, it like does he doesn't get the win. I think Flurry gets the win. So. Some of those might be, you know, it might not be that bad in terms of five wins in 14 games kind of thing. But yeah, both those guys who are just not playing up to par and not playing as, as you know, kind of we had expected them we, to play. We talk so highly about them. Exactly. That's what I mean. That's why I thought it was interesting to find these in our, you know, our notes. And I'm actually, I want to go back for, for some future ones because I didn't, uh, I didn't finish. No, I like yeah. it. It holds us accountable. That's what I mean. Like, it's fun to just go back every, every now and then and see kind of what we said, what were we thinking, you know, where we are now kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I got. Uh, uh, good. I like those. Um, my two first one is a lot of buzz right now with the struggling Penguins, all for thirty four, thirty five on their power play with, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Carlson, Latang, mm. which I knew was going to be a problem because you can't have Latang and Carlson. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm not. Um, what's his name? Oh my gosh, I just forgot his name. The uh, hockey operations who came from Toronto. Oh, Dubas. Um. Dubas, yeah. yeah, we've talked about how a little overrated, but we'll get back into him another time. Uh, there's been a lot of talk of um, Mike Sullivan. Maybe you know, fans are like, oh, get him out of here, get, rid- get him out of here, get him out of here. And I, I consider this a bad take because look at their roster. They are an old team drastically approaching rebuild. What can he do? Like, they don't have a lot of depth. Their goaltending is starting to get like a little, a little more solid. But, you know, like, yeah, he has one of the best players two of the if not three of the best players to ever play hockey but like it's a whole team there's 12 forwards you have two who are who are like stellar mm. like you know it's not you know maybe a fresh face here and there blah 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 but maybe wait till like maybe get a new fresh face in there you know after Crosby retires and all this and that so I thought that was kind of dumb because I think he Mike Sullivan's a, a very good coach and how can you blame him for the roster he has you know for the for the winning mm. percentage that they are currently maintaining. And then um, you like this one. Last one here. I don't know who wrote this, who made this, where this came from. I saw it on Twitter, um, and somebody was making fun of it. it somebody made this post. It was a, 
It says cap friendly mock trades. I don't know if cap friendly did this or somebody used cap friendly to make this mock trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're listening to this and you're the person who made this, you, uh, I, I, I appreciate the effort, but um, it makes zero logic <laughs> on all regards. And, and I hope this is a joke. So here's the mock trade. Yeah. It's between the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Rangers. Okay. Um, so the New York Rangers receive Zach Hyman, uh, Raphael Lavoie, and Carter Savoy. It's kind of weird their last wait, name. Wait, like, I, I butchered both what? of them, but I think you get the idea. Who was the first name you said? Um, Raphael L-A-V-O-I-E. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Keep going. And then Carter Savoy, I guess. Uh, anyway, um, two first round picks and a second round pick. Right, so New York Rangers get that, and Edmonton receives Riley Nash and Artemi Panarin. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's what? the tra- <laughs> that's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. It just, that makes no sense at all. What? They don't even the, what? That doesn't even translate. How? There's just no translation. I, okay, so I find I found what you're talking about though. Um, because I was already on cap friendly. There's a thing that's like the trade machine, and you can like go in and create a trade proposal and like name it and put like a like a timeline uh, on it or whatever. Okay. And then I think I don't know if like other people can go in and and like vote on them or like if it's like a forum thing and you comment on them. I'm honestly not really sure. I'm not really familiar with this. But yeah, I think that's probably how they they use like this trade machine or whatever to kind of like come up with that. But dude, that is like so boneheaded. That's the dumbest. No, that's thing hilarious. I, that's I a good. That that's a good bad like... take. Because my goodness, that is awful. Yeah, it's a, I, I I don't know who made God, that. It makes no sense in, no. in no world. Um, I mean, like maybe if Artemi Panarin was like thirty six and he was like struggling, sure, yeah, awesome, you know. But no, yeah, and like we would have to eat the cat. Like how they wouldn't even work. Yeah, uh, yeah no, that's. And why do they want Riley Nash? What what does he what does he provide? I've, I don't understand. <laughs> cap space, a, a free, oh, probably like a roster space. Honestly, probably a roster space. Oh issue, yeah, yeah, for this and two. Edmonton's going to give up two first-round picks and a second-round pick? I, for Artemi Panarin, sure. Just him, yeah. But and Zach Hyman? What? Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> and why would we want Zach Hyman? I just, like, he's good. Don't get, I would love if Zach Hyman came in. Yeah, but, like, why would we make, why would we make the Hyman for... That's basically a Hyman for Panarin move plus draft capital in that they would never give us in a million years. So it just doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Like, oh, and then, sense. yeah, um, your other one, though, really good on the Penguins, just because I was looking at the age of the players... And, dude, that's their big issue is they don't have any young talent that they can kind of look to and say, like, yeah, you're going to develop me good in the future. I mean, they have a couple defensemen who are, like, 25, 23 who don't look too bad. Other than that, every single forward on their roster right now that, that played, you know, these recent games, 25 or older. How You can't win with a roster yep. like that. I mean, not that for hockey, that's not particularly old, I know. Um, but the fact that most of those guys are in their you know, 30s or 29, like, Gensel's 29. Like, not that that's, like, super old or anything like that, but your scoring is coming, you know, your highest score is a 29-year-old, then you got a 38-year-old, 35-year-old, 34, like, not enough young talent in there. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. I don't think it's Sullivan's fault, like you said. I think he's a wonderful coach. And, uh, I, dude, I mean, that's kind of shocking that people would even, like, I know they're not playing great, but you're you're going to point the finger at him immediately. Like, look at the, like, like you said, look at the roster. That's just, yeah. yeah. Makes, makes no sense. No, nah, that's just crazy, yeah. but no. Uh, yeah, good ones, though. Good ones. We, uh, we brought our A-game yeah. today. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a perfect uh, place to put a button on this one. No, I know. I hear it. Yeah, I'm down with it. That was a great one. Um, so, yeah, I'll do my I'll do the my outtake first, and then I'll shoot it to you. But, yeah, um, you know, thank you again all for listening. Tune in every Monday and Friday. Check us out on the socials like we talked about or uh, at Ice Time 9899. 
for Twitter and at ice and ice time nine eight nine nine at gmail.com. We'd love to do a mailbag episode or reply to us on our Twitters and give us stuff that you want to hear us talk about, whatever it may be. Appreciate all the uh, love and support. Tell your friends, family, loved ones, everybody about it. And um, I'll shoot this over to Matt, but I will talk to you all in the next one. Is there another good episode in the books? I think we're on episode 33, which is exciting. We're, uh, we're getting, getting more and more content out there. Nice to get another one under the, under the belt, get uh, in the flow of things. And yeah, I thought we had a great episode. So we will uh, be, miss- we'll be looking forward to the next episode. We'll be missing you guys. But uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoy this episode and all the content you know, we're, we're getting ready for you guys. And yeah, with that, we will get you guys on the next one.